Welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter. And we do a little show here called Solid Steps. Uh, for the past four years now, we've been going on doing this show. And it's a show we, we decided years ago we wanted to do a show for men. Uh, we have more lady listeners probably than men. But we wanted to do a show for guys. And we wanted to talk about things from a guy's perspective. And uh, we've been covering all kinds of topics that we've enjoyed doing this show. But if you sat me down and said, hey, Chad, what is one of the few things for over 170 hours worth of shows that you have done and having other guys sitting in the chairs next to you? What's one of the few things that you've you've learned? And this is one of those things, <laughs> many things. But one of the things is that the father has probably caused more wounds in the hearts and lives of people than anyone else. Right. But... He also, on the flip side of that coin, has also blessed his kids more than anyone else. Not to say that moms don't. I'm just saying that the, the father, there is an impact the father has on his kids, good or bad, and that the father has an incredible influence in the family uh, tree. Now, today's show, we're going to talk today about a family tree that did not start in a place that many people believe it is it landed today and is still going and growing but we're going to talk about the impact a father had and a decision that a father had on his family tree that changed it for generations to come you know chad because i mean really this what we're talking about is biblical that uh, as the man goes so goes really the family in many regards and so i i just want to read a, a verse out of joel you know talking about the forefathers and 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 the prophet is saying you you tell this to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. And so it is great mm-hmm. to have you back, Ken Eidelman. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kurt. And uh, Ken, so I, I, I heard your story bits and pieces over the years, um, but it was about a year ago that I you kind of gave a, a, a the condensed version, but I still got to hear your story. And I go, we've got to have our listeners tell this story about your heritage and really the lack thereof in the Christian faith. And uh, so we're just excited to have you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, uh, if you are in the Kentuckiana area, most of you know uh, Kyle Eidelman. This is uh, Kyle's dad. And uh, But let's, let's go back, Ken. Let's go back to your, uh, your grandpa and uh, back in Illinois where you grew up and share a little bit about your history. Well, the Eidelman family goes back to a little town uh, called Tolona, Illinois, south of Champaign-Urbana on Route 45. It's uh, just a little rural Illinois community uh, right on the Illinois Central Railroad line. And uh, right behind my grandparents' house, were five sets of railroad tracks, and they didn't live probably 40 yards from those five sets of railroad tracks. I don't know how they ever got any sleep. Uh, it was uh, it was a, a little cottage of a place, probably not not more than 900 square feet, and and one bathroom. And uh, all of my people on my father's side were railroad people. My grandfather, uh, Lee Eidelman, in that town was uh, was a big deal. He was the uh, he was the section gang foreman. He had a section gang and uh, he had employed all four of his sons on the section gang swinging a pick or a sledgehammer during the depression 
for eight to ten hours a day for a dollar a day. And um, so it was... Uh, That's some serious work right there. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Yes, indeed. And um, my grandfather, Lee Eidelman, would get paid on Friday and and uh, typically cash his check and head up to the one tavern in this little town of St. Joe. And uh, he would drink until he got unruly and would get kicked out of the bar. He would go home, round up his four sons uh, who worked with him on the section gang. The youngest of those four sons was my dad, uh, Kenneth Eidelman. I was his namesake. <laughs> and um, they would go up to the tavern and and uh, and clean house. So the the Eidelman name in not this in little... The na- and not in the name of the Lord. <laughs> no, not at all. And uh, so this uh, in this little town of... Uh, of Tolona, Illinois, that the the Eidelman name was not associated with uh, uh, Christian books and the love of Jesus sermons. That's true, <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of the way my my dad and his brothers mm. grew up. That was their early start: hard work, uh, uh, low pay, uh, and hard hard living. And so, so can. Uh... The, the, that's you, those are your that's your grandpa and your and my da- uncles and your dad and your uncles right and uh so no christian faith not going to church not worshiping they haven't put their faith and trust in christ um and then fast forward a little bit something happened with your uh with your dad well my dad just got tired of working on the the section gang and decided he would learn Morse code so he could become an operator and work in an office, which he, he did self-taught Morse code and, uh, went to work and, uh, and, uh, and advanced and became a, eventually became a train dispatcher and the last years of his life and his profession, he was with the Illinois central railroad for 47 years. And, uh, the last, a uh, few years, he was in downtown Chicago, worked in Chicago in the division offices of Illinois Central. But uh, he met my mother along the way, and uh, they married and had uh, two children, my sister, my older sister, and my older brother. And then they waited 10 years, and they had me and my younger brother, David. So there were four of us in my family of, of origin, and um, and there were... You know, sister brother, and then brother brother, and um, no. Now, why did they wait ten years? Was that just uh, was that a plan thing, or was that do you know? I found out years later that my mother had several miscarriages mm. in between, so I think they wanted to have a larger family, and eventually, eventually did have. So and so, uh, but they but they didn't know the Lord uh, as they, when they got married. Talk talked about your mom and dad. Well, th- my folks were good people, but. Typical people, you know, they they were just uh, living, trying to make ends meet during the post-depression years, and trying to stretch dollars, and uh, so that was kind of the the way the way we grew up, and uh, and you know, my f- folks would have dances with their friends, and and uh, would drink beer and and dance and play music on Saturday night, and Sunday morning was the day that you slept in, and. Uh, Recovered, so you get ready to work again on Monday. <laughs> and 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 you, I mean, and so this is going on as you're growing up. Yes, 
until at age 10, on a Tuesday night, I was uh, playing in the living room floor, and there was a knock on the door, and the door was open, and two strangers came into the house. I would learn later that it was the uh, the pastor of the St. Joseph Church of Christ and uh, one of the elders. And they sat down with my parents at the dining room table, and I was sitting on the floor, but I was curious. I was paying attention to what was being said, and I actually overheard the gospel being presented to my parents. And my mother and dad believed it. They received it. Now, did, did, did they know the pastor um, and elder, or did they just kind of stop, stop by, kind of? Well, we had visited the church because, uh, you know, we were Christers. We, we went seasonally, uh, Easter and Christmas, like good Americans do. And uh, so they had our name and address. Okay. But that was back in the day when, when uh, Christians would make home visits. And uh, so they visited in our home, and, and uh, my, I overheard the gospel. And my 38-year-old dad and my 36-year-old mother came to Christ, and I told them that I had overheard what was being said, and I, I believed that. I wanted to become a, a Christian. I had picked up a Bible story here and there, and you know I just was um, ready to receive it as a 10-year-old kid. So I was actually baptized at the same time my mother and dad were. So, and, and, so, and you're number three of, uh, the, of the four kids. Correct. My so, brother and sister are out of the home by then. So they're out of the home. They didn't hear the gospel. In, right. in that setting, your your younger brother, um, about two years later, he he made his own decision, and uh, and it and it changed the course of uh, of our family. You know, the dams and hells disappeared from the conversation. <laughs> uh, they, we started writing a church check every Sunday morning for six dollars. I took a peek and saw what what it was. I'm guessing that was a tithe of my dad's income back in that back in that time you wow. know we're talking about february 17th 1957 so uh so what what about the what about the, the the dancing and the drinking um on the saturday night all that went away and uh my mother eventually became a sunday school teacher an incredible sunday school teacher and uh actually i got my start in ministry uh teaching junior age boys for my mother it was when i was in high school she would have me help her uh, teach her Sunday school class. I think she knew what she was doing. And, um, and my dad eventually became an elder in the church, and he had smoked cigarettes from the time he was 14, unfiltered Lucky Strikes, unfiltered Camels. And, um, and I remember the day he was standing in the kitchen, and he took a package of unfiltered Lucky Strikes, and he, he crushed it in his hand and threw it in the trash, and he said, these will not control my life anymore. So I uh, saved a lot of money, and, and my brother and I used to get sick every time we got in the car because of the cigarette smoke. We'd ride in the back seat. We'd both get car sick. And uh, so all these good changes in our, in our home. And Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, we were, we were in the church, and, um, and my folks were typical new believers. They just... Uh, came to love the Lord and everything about the Lord and the church, and and uh, so I'm I'm on Wednesday night. I'm sitting in Bible study with a bunch of octogenarians, and uh, <laughs> and uh, that that was good for my my soul. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take a break and come back. And uh, man, that's a first segment. That's a lot in that first segment. We got three more. We're gonna talk to Ken Eidemann about. 
And so now he's made this change. His father has made this change. Now, how does that impact uh, the rest of his family for generations to come? We'll unpack that in the next three segments on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to the second segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you missed the first, I apologize. You need to go back and hear that on uh, our Facebook page. You can go to SoundCloud or iTunes and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you'll hear more about uh, the beginning of the testimony of Ken Eidelman's father, Ken Sr. And uh, we want to thank our sponsors for our show. We want to thank LNN Credit Union. Uh, they have been a staple in this community for decades, and they have helped many, many a family in their financial needs, whether it's commercial, uh, personal, savings, checking, you name it. LNN Credit Union has been a staple in this community, and we thank them for sponsoring our show. And also Vision First Eye Care. Uh, if you are having problems seeing, not just spiritually, but physically, and <laughs> you can't see like you used to, Vision First Eye Care, Rod Rollo and his crew, they are professional and they care more about than just your vision. They care about you as a person. We want to thank mm. them for sponsoring our show. Mm. So, Ken, February yes. 17th, 1957, you give your life to Jesus, you're baptized, and it was uh, the, the life of bliss from here on out, right? Well, <laughs> it's, um, it's more like a process, and uh, it takes a little time. A lot of changes uh, began to happen. Um, my father was instrumental in leading his mother to the Lord. He also led his three brothers to the Lord. And uh, Lauren, the oldest of his brothers, Lauren Eidelman, had been married three times, had ten children, didn't know where any of them were in the mm. world. And... Um, and he became a Christ follower, and he started saving his railroad pension tra- checks to buy plane tickets. He'd never been on an airplane before in his life, but he, he mm. bought plane tickets. He found out where his kids were one by one. He was flying to meet with them and to ask their forgiveness for the father that he had not been. Um, and so well, that's that. You're talking about grace and humility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he uh, died. My my father said that uh, his oldest brother, Lauren, died with a, a Bible next to his bed marked with a plane ticket. So, you know, he mm-hmm. was uh, he was trying to let the Lord restore what the locusts had, had eaten. And uh, so Lewis and Lauren and Claude, my dad's brothers, all came to the Lord and found peace and, and joy in the Lord before their deaths. And so that changed my dad's family of origin, and then our family changed, and um, and in that process, uh, as we grew as Christians, uh, I, I sensed God's calling to full time ministry. So at church camp, Hanging Rock Christian Assembly, West Lebanon, Indiana, campfire service last night, <laughs> invitation for a life recruit, and I I stepped out, and I really meant it. Uh, went back to two a day football practices and. I was determined I was going to convert my whole football team. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, and I was, uh, I, I was, uh, I led with a lot of truth, but not much grace in my witness back then. But, but uh, that that helped me actually to, to uh, to be to be strong to uh, as a as a witness in the high school during those years. Graduated from high school, went off to Bible college at uh, Lincoln, Illinois, Lincoln Christian. Uh, university now, and um, eventually met my wife and and, and, and uh, now Ken, before you met your wife, when you trusted Christ and your 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 trajectory of of following Him and into full time ministry, your uh, your siblings, 
at least a couple of them. Right. Talk about that. Well, you know, when I got serious about my call of, to full-time ministry, uh, by this time my older sister and older brother were married, and uh, and I love them dearly uh, to this day, and 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 yet they went through some hard seasons. My my sister's first husband died; she suffered a, a divorce, a second marriage, so she was third husband. Uh, my older brother's uh, on his fourth marriage, my younger brother on his fifth marriage, and so uh, you know during those years. Uh, just uh, trying to uh, help them, bless them, encourage them, and uh, and it, the reward was seeing all of them come to Christ in a significant way. All of them now have uh, active in their churches, have small groups that they lead in their homes, and uh, so. But you had one brother who <laughs> threatened you almost. Yeah, my my youngest brother Dave. I remember the the day uh, he told me that he said, uh, "Don't speak to me about these things anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. And if you do, I'll have your funeral in my mind, and um, and that'll be the end of our relationship." And uh, so for for years, you know, me, my wife, my family, we just loved and initiated and. And waited and prayed and and we saw the outcome of that in the whole family coming to the Lord. You know, and that that uh, that whole gospel song. You know, the mm. will the circle be unbroken by and by. You know, I I think about that song and how our circle, our family circle, in my family of origin, has been impacted uh, and by the grace of God and how. So many of us, as a result of really my dad's initiation, it's like he grafted in a whole new branch on the family tree. It's like uh, he started a revolution of grace that that touched his mother, his brothers, that touched me, our my family of origin, and eventually uh, all of us are in the faith, in the Lord, solid. And, and it started because of these two guys that come to your home. Exactly. And I, I said to you before the show, I go, uh, nobody knows who these two guys are. And yeah. you go, I do. Yeah, I know their names, <laughs> Orville Hubbard and Richard Wolf, And, uh, and you know, it's like Mordecai Ham. Nobody knows who Mordecai Ham is, but they know who Billy Graham is. Mordecai Ham is the guy yes. that led Billy Graham to Christ. Yes. So, and... and uh, but you, you mentioned, I think it was in the break before the, we, we even started the show, Ken, uh, your dad um, at his dad's funeral. Yeah. Talk to our listeners about that. Dad, uh, my dad, uh, my, well, my grandfather, Lee Eidelman, went in for some rather routine surgery on his foot, but he'd never been in the hospital before. And I remember going up to the hospital to see him the night before he would have the surgery the next day and how frightened he seemed. And he was, this was a big man back in the day. He would have been really big. It's like 6'2", 200-plus pounds. And um, here he was, and I saw that fear in his eyes. And I remember that as just um, I was probably a 14-year-old kid by this time. And um, so the next day, he, uh, he died during that surgery, and it was really minor surgery. But I, I think he just, he was so afraid of the experience of going in the hospital, 
being operated on, going under anesthetic. And I, I assume it was heart failure. I don't, don't really know. But uh, I remember my dad at his funeral grieved like uh, I, I never heard him weep ever before, never see him cry. And uh, he, just, he just wailed at his father's funeral. And, um, and so, you know, my dad had a deep sense of the fact that the stakes are high. And I think as a result of that, he was able after that to influence his brothers and, and um, his mom and his mother to, uh, to come to the Lord. You know, just in a pause, uh, talk to our listeners uh, about a, a family member, a good friend who does not know Jesus. Um, just, just a word of encouragement to them, Ken. Yeah, you can outlive and outlove the people in your family circle that are not not Christians that are not saved, just outlive them, outlove them, and and wait on the, what the Lord will do with that. Talk to them if you have the opportunity, if you have the opening, and create the opening if you can. Initiate uh, conversation, conversation as well as backing it up with uh, a committed life, and you will see results. Uh, it's just uh, compelling when someone speaks the truth and walks in the truth. Mm. And so, you know, don't don't give up because um, the the fact is that, that um, it isn't over till it's over. And uh, my dad's brothers were in their sixties when they when they came to the Lord, and and so um, it, that that can be every person's story. If you're the only Christ follower in your family. You've, you've got a great opportunity, a great opening, and wouldn't it be wonderful if, if your family could trace your spiritual heritage back to you and your influence, if that was your legacy? Wow. Yeah, because Jesus says you, talking to, to us Christ followers, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Yeah. You are my ambassador and uh, my witness. So... In, in the grace and love of Christ, you know, share with share with those around you the greatest news uh, on the planet. So we're going to take a break here shortly. And, and just before we do, Ken, where we are in the timeline, you're you're 18 years old. You mm-hmm. felt this call to go off to the Bible college. Um, did you sense things were different? And we're going to we're going to pick this up in the next segment. Answer this question in the next segment. OK, did you sense Man, the mantle has been passed that my dad has now taken up the torch for the first time as a first-generation Christian. And now did you feel a little bit of weight as you go off going, now he's going to pass it to me and I've got to carry it on? We're going to answer that question on the next part of the segment. We're going to take a break. We'll be back uh, for two more segments. And if you want to hear this in there, its entirety, go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or iTunes, and you can type in Solid Steps Radio, listen to our podcast, commercial-free. Thanks to our sponsors, LNN Credit Union Vision First. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio, our third segment. If you missed the first two, uh, you need to go back and listen uh, to uh, our podcast, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes. You can go to also uh, furtherstoneministries.org and click on the mic, and that takes you out of all of our podcasts. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, Frank Enterprises. If you have a septic system that's not doing what it's doing, then you have a problem. So you need to go call Frank Enterprises. Those guys can 
take care of you as far as your water drainage issues, whether it's septic tank, outside drainage, whatever it is, yard work. Uh, that's not doing what it's supposed to do. Frank Enterprises will take care of you like they take care of us. And we also want to thank Bright Star Home Care. They're an organization that helps you walk through that season of life with your elderly or people who are getting up to a a spot in their life that they cannot take care of themselves or they need one day a week or 24-7 care. Bright Star Home Care, they walk through that process with you and an advocate for you. And we want to thank them both for sponsoring our show. And then on the last segment, uh, if you missed it, I asked Ken this question. I said, your father's a first-generation Christian. Now you're 18 years old and you're going off to Bible college. Did you feel the weight of, hey, I'm now carrying the torch on for the item and name? Yeah, I, I, I sure did. And and uh, I was I was committed to... To ministry, but I didn't know what that would what that would look like exactly, and uh, and I got to Bible college, and you know when you study the Word of God in in an environment like that in a sustained way for four years, it changes your life and takes you to higher levels of living and deeper levels of thinking, and uh, so you know the most important education any of us ever receive is an education in the Word of God. And the transformative power of that, I've just seen it again and again. When I was president at Ozark for many years, we'd have students who would come in with zero self-esteem. By the time they graduated, they were, they were just unrecognizable. And that's, that's what the Word of God does when you internalize it. That happened to me, and, that, and I, I grew in my conviction that God was calling me to preach. And um, so during those, during those years, I met my wife, Kayleen. No, no uh, she she was also at Lincoln. She was at Lincoln Christian University. She came as a freshman when I was a junior. Um, her brother, now people don't believe this, it's true, but her <laughs> brother roomed across the hall from me my freshman year, and he was always talking about his kid's sister and how outstanding she was. And it's I thought that's rare for an older brother to talk about his younger sister that way. So one day I asked him, I said, "Have you got a picture of your kid's sister?" He pulled out his wallet. He showed me a picture of Kayleen. She was a junior in high school. I said, I need, I need to meet her. <laughs> I said, I'm going to be, no, I said, I'm going to be your brother-in-law someday. <laughs> two years later, <laughs> two years later, he introduces us in the lobby of one of the residence halls. You, you had to wait two years to meet her? Yeah. Two years later, wow. I'm walking through the lobby of the residence hall. School's about to start the fall term. Kayleen's a freshman. I'm going into my junior year. And I met her. He introduced us. And I walked out of that lobby into the August night, looked up into the sky and said, Lord, she is the one. Help me win her. <laughs> and so less than a year later, we were married. She was 18. She turned 19. Two Grab them later. when they're young. Yeah, bring a child up in the way that she should go when she's young, <laughs> and uh, and and I uh, and, and I turned twenty one the day her, after. You, you meet her that fall semester, and less than a year later, she's your wife. That is correct. And she's eighteen years old. And she is the Ken, last. You are you are a born salesman. Listen, <laughs> the the she is one of the last people that you would ever imagine would get married young. She came to school to get an education. She had a sense of God's calling in her life. To, she wanted to be a pastor's wife, but she wanted to get her Bible, Bible college education. She graduated third in her class at Quincy High School in Quincy, Illinois, a graduating class of 600 kids. She was bright. She could have gone anywhere she wanted to go. She wanted to go to Bible college. She believed God had called her to be in ministry in some way. 
And so um, uh, she meets me. I'm looking for some. I'm looking for a woman that can play the piano, cook, <laughs> and looks great. My my dad told me. My in dad that, always in that, in that order. I think she she hits that criteria. It sounds like right. Yeah, she she does. First thing I noticed was not her cooking and was not uh, her piano playing. Let's just suffice it to say. But my dad uh, told me when I was uh, growing up he, about kind of coaching me about uh, your marriage someday, and he said, "Son, it's important that you get the basic potato." He said, "Now, if you can get some gravy on that, that's good. That's good." Well, he was he was talking about you know go for the character and if uh, if she's good looking why you got a bonus you got a bonus so, so uh, but but you are you you said you were twenty yeah I was twenty so you're you're twenty that that didn't you, her looks captured you yeah she she just she had that it it factor I saw it in her picture two years before I ever met her and uh, and when I met her she just you know she's so wholesome so good she's just honestly one of the one of the best people I've ever met. I'd I'd say the best person I've ever met. I've we'll be married 51 years this August, and I I'm still absolutely mystified by her, captivated by her, and uh, crazy. You know, uh, 51 years have passed. I think it's, I think you're going to make it, Ken. I think so. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> okay, so Ken, you, you you're now married. You're in your junior year. She's in her freshman year. You're moving forward. Uh, what's next? Well, uh, we, we, uh, she graduated from undergraduate school. So she went three years, graduated. And while she was graduating, uh, moving toward graduation undergraduate, I went on to grad school. So I went on to four more years. I was in college eight years. If you would have told me when I was in high school that someday you'll go to college and graduate school for eight years, I would have said, are you out of your mind? There's no way I'll be in school eight years. And uh, I was, graduated in 73, and then we were called down to uh, Ozark Christian College. I taught for four years, and if you don't do a good enough job in the classroom, they've got to find something for you. So I succeeded the president at the college in uh, 77. I was president-elect, I, and I stayed 30 years in administration as president and chancellor. And, of course, during those years, our children were born, uh, so, so, so I mean, your 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 dad. How much did he see of all that? Oh, he saw all that, because he he lived to be ninety four years old. I had his funeral when he was ninety four. I'll never forget when he said uh, to me, I was visiting him when he was in his early nineties, and uh, he said he said KD. That's what he called me, KD. I'd like to live longer. He's ninety four. <laughs> he said I'd like to live longer, but if it's my time. I'm ready. And I said, Dad, that's the greatest gift you could give to to your children. So I spent the last two nights of his life with him in the hospital, and we had just the sweetest time through the night. I'd read to him from Romans 8. He and I would sing in the quietness of his hospital room, Great is thy faithfulness, and, mm. and um, yeah, just, but just who, sweet. But, but who would have thought, Ken, that— when you're a ten-year-old boy, and there's visitors that come from the church, share the faith of Jesus Christ to your parents. They give their life to Christ along with you, and and fast forward that you would not only 
uh, teach at a Bible college, but then you become the president of the Bible college, and you're now helping hundreds of people, thousands of people proclaim the gospel all over the country and all over the world, and in, it, it all started in your living room. It all started with uh, two people who took the calling night seriously, and that's that was what ignited the that this whole direction. So, so our daughters both graduate from the Bible college where I'm president. My son, our son, graduates from the Bible college where I'm president. We prayed beside their beds uh, virtually every night for God to use them, for them to be influencers of others, for them to be leaders. And we would, my wife and I would lay our hands on their heads and pray for that to happen. We had no idea that flash ahead a few years that they would be involved in women's ministry, uh, children's ministry, preaching ministry, writing ministry, and to have the kind of uh, influence that, that they have had, it was a direct answer to those, to those prayers, those consistent prayers. And I, I would say to, to listeners, if you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're a mother and father, that'd be better. But, but praying with your children, uh, letting them hear your prayers for them and and praying for them while they're asleep and they're not hearing uh, you just you 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 can expect to see something happen as a result of those kind of consistent uh, prayers for your for your children just or your grandchildren God God really loves when moms and dads pray together praying with their kids, praying over their kids, um, that's the power of the gospel. I put my, I put every night I was home, often my wife and I, and always I, when I was home, I put the kids to bed with Bible story, prayers, reading a section out of James Dobson's book, Life on the Edge, with my, my daughters <laughs> during their senior year in high school, and that, that consistent influence, uh, at their bedside in the evenings, and then in the mornings at 7.30, we always had, we had the one-minute Bible. Some people make fun of the one-minute Bible, but sometimes in the mornings, that's all you've got time for, for you're getting your, sending the kids off to school. And I'd read from the one-minute Bible, have a little exhortation, have a prayer for the kids. Sometimes the girls would say, I can't come down this morning. I've got to get ready. I'm not ready. My, My hair. hair. <laughs> My hair. Men with daughters right there. Right? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a break. We're going to come back with one more segment. And, uh, and, and God's not done writing the story in this family's life. But, folks, if you're just hearing this for the first time, go back and listen to the other three segments. But God can do a work in your family just the same as he's done in this family we're hearing to my left. right. No less. So we're going to take a break, come back, and hear uh, some of the things that God is still doing in the Adaman family today as we take a break here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That's still Kurt Souter, and we are here with Ken Eidelman, and we're talking about the family legacy of that his father, his father was a first-generation Christian, and if you think it's too late, boy, you need to listen to the first three segments, and we want to thank our sponsors, Dan Hart Financial. If you want to 
you want to talk about retirement and what that looks like from a biblical and wise perspective, Dan Hart Financial is a great organization to talk to and sit down and, and do that. They'd love to help you. Uh, southernsmokecatering.com, southernsmokecatering.com, best brisket ever. That's my commercial for them. <laughs> <laughs> they are fantastic. Chris Hadley is knows what he's doing over a smoker. So uh, <laughs> southernsmokecatering.com, mention them and you'll get a 10% discount. Uh, so that you heard it on Solid Steps Radio. And also uh, Southeast Outlook, they are uh, just recording what is God doing in our community and around the world uh, in the church community, and we want to thank them. And also October 1st is a our listener appreciation uh, dinner. So if you would like to be part of that, uh, just be tuning in to that and maybe go to furtherstillministries.org and check that out. So, uh, yeah, Ken, I, I, um, Chad and I have been talking about this, your story, for like almost a year, hmm. uh, we we got to get Ken on the on the on the show, and we we just want our listeners to hear the story because I, I we just love stories. First of all, yes. of how, how God works in our lives, and your dad, uh, you know, um, the influence of of him coming to faith in Christ, um, you know, and, and he passed away how, how long ago? Uh, four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah, and full of faith. Yes. 90-some years old. Yep. Um, I spent the last two nights of his life with him in the hospital and uh, singing Great Is Thy Faithfulness. He was very weak and was on oxygen full-time, so uh, it was hard for him to get his breath, but uh, he would sing Great Is Thy Faithfulness, and uh, I'd mm -hmm. read to him from Romans 8 and uh, put him to bed both nights, the last two nights of his life, and he was lucid up to the, up to the morning morning that he passed away. I, I, McKen, your dad never got a Bible college degree, never went to college. Right. But share a little bit of your dad's growth in the Lord. Well, here's, here's my dad who, um, uh, during his growing up years, is uh, a part of a kind of, kind of a fuss and fight and rowdy group of boys in this little town of Salona. My dad became the kindest man that I ever knew. And, uh, and his kindness was just uh, uh, impacting to me. And, to, and the, to see the changes in his life through the years was very impacting to me. And I had a ringside seat to see, to see all these changes that happened, this growth that happened. And of course, I'm growing right along with him and my mother during those uh, those years and and God's taken us to higher places and deeper places and that's just what happens when you surrender my dad surrendered he meant it with all his heart he was sincere and sincere faith is is better than a bible college degree mm. and it will produce more fruit than than a degree in bible because I, I think some of our listeners might might say, well, yeah, but yeah, Ken, yeah, you went to Bible college for four years, got your undergrad, then you went to graduate school, and and then you became Bible college president, uh, but 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 your mom and dad didn't have any of that. No, and they didn't. They they just surrendered fully and wholly to Jesus. And Talk and about that. and I'm so aware of that that when I left Ozark after 34 years. They wanted to have a scholarship, a perpetual scholarship in in my name. And I said, no, not my name, the Eidelman Family Scholarship. I want it to be an Eidelman Family Scholarship. And when they named the the build, a building on campus, they, they, they wanted they were going to name it the, the Ken Eidelman 
uh, ministry center. And I, I said, no, I want to be the Eidelman Ministry Center. I wanted it to be the family name, not my name, the family name. I was, I was glad for things to be done that were identified with God's purpose in the name of our of our family mm-hmm. because I, I i think family witness is so important and uh, i remember talking to our kids when they were growing up let's not just have a personal witness each one of us in our circles of influence and acquaintance but let's 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 covenant that we are going to have a family witness and uh, and they and our children participated in that and contributed to that and they were aware that you know the decisions they make and the direction they go with their lives needs to needs to honor uh, the Lord and and our desire to be a witness to other families, not just to other individuals. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I mean, God gives us family and wants to individually, but I mean, he he calls us. You know, he called you and Kayleen together. Yeah. to start a family it, your mom and dad he, he redeemed them yeah. and 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 all of a sudden this uh yeah that's a i mean it's a it's a family thing you can have a you can have a vision as a as a family as a you can have a vision as well as a vision for your own personal life it's really impacting if if you have a family vision that's that's shared and uh i remember uh kyle remembers this and reminded me of it, that I used to say to the, to the kids when they would go off to school or some activity or something, remember who you are. Mm. Remember who you are. And remember that your decisions and attitudes, words, behaviors, reflect on, on the family witness that we want to have. And, uh, and they... And they bought into that, saw the value of that, and have contributed to that right up to this day, honestly. Well, and then they've they have multiplied that. Oh, they've taken it to places that I uh, I could not have imagined, really. And it just it 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 shows the power of Christ, the power mm-hmm. of the gospel, and how the Lord wants to do immeasurably more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I still I go back to your mom and dad, who who did not know Christ, you know, in their early years, and they get redeemed, they get saved, they get born again, and Christ comes into their life, and it just changes everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ken, your story <laughs> is so encouraging. Hmm. I I've been a pastor myself all, for so many years, but just listening to your story is is so inspiring. And so encouraging. Mm, thank you. Hey, let me ask yeah. this. Uh, t- there's a guy who's going to catch part of this. And even I, as I've been sitting here for the past hour, has been hearing that voice that says, yeah, but it's not you. That you aren't them. Yeah. And, and that's not true, I know. But there's also that guy out there that says, yeah, my, my I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. There's no one-minute Bibles or there's no talk to that guy for the next 60 seconds before we pray and end and give him some encouragement about what the power that he has, but also the power that God can give him. I think every man uh, can underestimate the impact that he can have just with unfeigned faith, unpretended faith, 
you mean it with all your heart, and you are going to impact the people that are in your family, that are that work around you in the workplace. It's just it doesn't require uh, education. It requires a surrendered heart, and any person that that embraces that reality is going to see uh, things happen. Going to see things change, and um, I remember. When my dad, in his late later years, uh, he must have been in his late eighties, he said, uh, "He said, KD, I wish I had known then. That is, when you were growing up, I wish I'd known then what I know today." And and I'm sure we all feel that way. We wish we could take the knowledge that we have today and apply it to our mm. our life twenty, thirty, forty years ago. But here's here's the thing, uh, my dad making that statement. Uh, the the fact is that that he acted on what he knew at that time, right. and that's what we've got to do: is take the the knowledge we have, the the insight we have, the inspiration we have, and today, and act on it, and then twenty, thirty, forty years down the line, you know, we're we may feel like we'd like to go backwards, but the fact is, uh, my dad didn't need to know what he knew in his 80s back when he was in his his late 30s mm-hmm. he he did the right thing by when he heard the gospel for the first time he believed it he received it and then he began to make those those changes and he he passed the truth test and he passed the the love test and he passed the moral test based on what he had uh then and that's what we need to do is take what we have now and uh, and act on it and do the right thing, be the right person. You know, to be a Christ follower, you only have to do uh, mm-hmm. you only have to do two things, and that's uh, walk in the truth and um, love people. Mm. That's it. You just become a Christ follower. You you walk in the truth consistently, constantly, and you love people. And God will use it. He will. He will. Ken, would you pray for us, please? Yes. Father God, I thank you for uh, your grace and what it has produced in uh, the lives of my family, many of them uh, already in heaven, and and uh, right up to the present day. I thank you, Father, for for your grace that's available to every person who's listening right right now. I pray, Lord, that they would embrace that grace and live live it out and see the fruit of it over the the long term i thank you for for um, the lord jesus uh, for his saving us and for his transforming power in our lives to accomplish more than we could ever ask or imagine lord i'm a debtor to that grace i'm going to work off that debt as long as i live and i pray for every person listening to have that conviction in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it Thank so you. much. Well, if you just picked this up and, and you heard, you, you might, uh, Ken's son is Kyle Eidemann, who's a New York Times bestselling author. We didn't mention much about his name this show. And we love Kyle. He's my pastor. But the truth of the matter is there would be no Kyle if there were no Ken Jr., and mm. there were no Ken Sr. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're just thankful that man, men, your kids or grandkids or your children's children's children 
They may not become authors or well-known people, but they will be people in the kingdom of God based on the decisions you make. Mm-hmm. And we believe here at, uh, at Solid Steps, you are fulfilling your destiny as a man if you are walking with God through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That is the most important thing you'll ever do for your kids. So we pray if you're not doing that today, today's the day. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.